Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we remain in Disneyland, as we are reviewing another of Disney's classics, this time going all the way back to 1941 to review Dumbo, in honour of the release of Dumbo, the live-action remake directed by Tim Burton, which comes out in the next couple of days. Joining me to watch Dumbo, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Justin Muzzle Crossley! <laughs> it's uh, Hello in Elephant. That is Hello in Elephant. That was frightening. Uh, <laughs> how are you, Justin? Uh, I'm good. I've currently got a baby on my knee who has bronchitis, but otherwise, we're pretty good. Yes, yeah. How, how are you doing, Lily? Yeah, cough, cough, cough. yeah, probably best that you don't talk, actually. You've got a, got a sore throat. Rest um, your throat. You've not seen Dumbo. I have not, although I feel like I know most of what it's about. I mean, partly because trailers everywhere for the new Dumbo, partly because I mean, you just hear about it in your childhood. Yeah. Mm. So I know that there's crows that are slightly racist. I know that Dumbo needs to hold a, a feather to fly. I know that... There's something to do with his mother. Yeah, I mean, but isn't that with all the Disney movies? Yeah, by golly, David Cox. He's he's seen this film. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, David Cox is here as our guest who has seen the film. How you doing, David? I'm doing well. Excellent. And uh, the last time we had you on, I believe, was for another Disney film. It was. It was, it was Wreck-It Ralph. Um, so, obviously, when was the last time you saw Dumbo? Ooh, um... Uh, are we allowed to drop brand names? Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, definitely, if, if definitely. They want to sponsor the podcast, then yes. Yeah. Stan, um, remember when um, Netflix competitor Stan came out? Um, yep. It had a bunch of Disney. It still has a bunch of Disney. They've they've made a big deal about how they have tons of Disney mm-hmm. on them. Um, yeah, and so I was like, oh, classic Disney. I'll watch a bunch of that that I haven't seen like since I was a child. So that was uh, three years ago, maybe. Okay. May or oh, maybe two. And what, what are your sure. memories of Dumbo, like, particularly from this rewatching? Um, well, like I'd seen Dumbo as a small child, and then like most Disney films, hadn't watched it until I was like recently. Um, and my my shock was in part like, ah, one, this is real short, and two, a lot of the things that I know about this film don't take up much time in the film. Mm. Um, well, I mean, as you say, it's a short film. It's a whopping 64 minutes. Amazing. Hey, did you know, uh, does anyone want to guess the amount of time you have to reach before it ticks over onto a feature film? What is the what is the shortest length a feature film can be? Hmm. 60 minutes. 30 minutes. I'm going to say 41 Ooh, 45. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's much shorter than you would think. Yeah. Imagine paying money and, and going into a cinema and then 45 minutes walking out and being like, what? I'm imagining it. <laughs> I would Not... love to see someone do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, I think it just depends on if it was a good 45 minutes yeah, or not. That's it. Mm. If you say everything you need to say. Yeah. I mean, we're just like so used to 90 minutes. Like that's yeah. a tight 90 minutes that like yeah. that I was even when watching um, A Nightmare on... No, sorry. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's an hour and 16. I'm like, wow, this just like flies by so quickly. Hey. This is barely a film. And that's 30 minutes longer than it needs to be <laughs> to be considered a feature film. Well, that's that's also the point as well is if it if it's an enjoyable story and it gets everything told in that time period, I am all for films being hmm. a bit so shorter. Let's hope that's the case with Dumbo. In, certainly. Uh, that being the case, shall we watch this minuscule feature film? Mm. 
Give it a go. Yeah, uh, the opposite of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh boy, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, make sure you pop in your DVDs and grab those feathers as we prepare to watch Dumbo. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Dumbo from 1941. I'm joined once again by David Cox. Hello. And Justin Mosel-Crossley. Hi. No elephants this time. (laughs) No, but uh, that was your first time, Justin, watching Dumbo. What did you think? (sighs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot more to unpack about this film than I expected. (laughs) Mm. 64 minutes of uh, pachyderm fun. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, pachyderms and pink elephants and, uh, yes, uh, packed full of problems. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's, there's a lot, there is quite a lot they've managed to get into, uh, just, just the 64 or 65 minutes of this film. Um, what are your, what are your feelings? We, cause we've just stopped watching the film. We've literally just stopped watching, come over to where the microphones are and turn them on. And even in that time, you've managed to express, uh, just, just a sense of bewilderment with the it's... film. Yeah, it's that the, there's the standard of what was okay for children's entertainment, uh, you know, 70 years ago or whatever it was, is uh, quite different to, to what they would allow into the cinemas these days. It was, uh, yeah, but, you know, they just wanted to, to have some fun with animation. And how else do you do that without hallucination? Well, yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, the film is, it's 78 years old. The reason, obviously, we're looking at it is there is a remake, uh, which we will get onto a, a little bit later. Um, but, but, David, this is the first time I'd watched this in quite a few years, and it is it is a wild ride if you've not watched it for a long time. Um, it, but you're right, there was a lot of those moments that you were saying, which you remember as being big moments in the film, that are over very quickly. Yes, as in, like, the, the most iconic moment the most iconic like imagery in it is like the last five minutes. Mm. Yeah, it's That's the it. like I rewatched it a few years ago and I forgot all the the bitchy elephants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this film multiple times and mm-hmm. I I compl- I was like I have no idea what's gonna happen in the first fifty minutes of this film. All I remember <laughs> is eventually he was gonna have like a drink of champagne and then it's just gonna be just from zero to hundred real quick. To the video it chat. is entirely possible that the rest of that film is just his hallucination <laughs> from the champagne that he Oof. drinks. Uh, um, like yeah, there there is an argument there. Yeah, I mean, in the Oof. same way that with uh, with with Greece, there's that theory that um, the whole film is just uh, Sandy um, drowning, and this is sort of like her her dream of what her life with Danny would have been. Uh, but obviously, because at the beginning, you know, where she's in the in the sand in the water, and in that opening song, it's uh, he showed off splashing around. I saved her life. She nearly drowned. Like that bit. There is a yeah. fan theory um, that that Sandy actually is drowning throughout the entirety of the film, and they're just the last hallucinogenic flashbacks. Is Dumbo permanently addled in the in the mind by this uh, this weird champagne, presumably <laughs> LSD and water mix that he drinks? Possibly. I mean, then again, like, why would you hallucinate having a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That's a good point. Okay, theory argument. undone. <laughs> Although he got, he recovered from that hangover pretty quickly. Mm. He fell out of a tree and into a pond, and yeah. it's probably about the equivalent of a, of a decent hangover. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a weird film. I think that's like, did you enjoy it, Justin? <sighs> enjoy is a strong word. <laughs> As like I felt sorry for Dumbo, I certainly empathised with him. I think I think they they did fairly well in in constructing that mechanics of like an outcast um, who you sympathise with. Um, but it's just a lot of side notes to this film that were very distracting. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I feel as though if this film were made today, which funnily enough it is, it is about to be. Um, I, I think that the, that final five minutes feels like the end of act one of a film where it's like this elephant can fly it feels like that's going to be a much bigger deal for the rest of the film 
and it, it's, it kind it, of feels like that's from, from from the trailers that I've seen. It feels like that's what they've done. Yeah, they've they've made that Dumbo being able to fly more of the focus, and then they're going to deal with his fame, which seems like the better way to go. But you yeah, know, not mm. not telling you how to do your job, Disney from seventy eight years ago. It's going to be interesting having like <laughs> actual human characters in the story because uh-huh. like mm. there yeah. is there's the ringmaster. Who talks And then there's like The clowns. clowns Clowns Which you only ever see In silhouette form Yeah And then And, and serious makeup Like they're They're very yeah. generic Yeah there's, there's very the few same. Human faces in this film uh, Specifically There's a whole bunch Of human there's, characters That just don't have faces Yeah there's, um, a, there's a lovely Freaky scene Of yeah Quite clearly Coloured Faceless workers singing their old little workers song as they put the circus together. Yeah, yes. and I think this Ugh. is this is one of the things that people know about Dumbo, even if they haven't seen it, is that the film has problems with uh, racial Race. depictions. Yes. Most of those problems seem to be with the the crows. The uh, towards the end of the film that um, are obviously all very caricatured, uh, sort of African American like Jim Crow style characters. But for oh, me, it's a pun. It is a pun. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, um, uh, but but that earlier scene when they're setting up the circus and it's shown as being a bit scary and they're setting up during a storm and you've got the elephants and the other animals all sort of helping out and putting the stuff together. Oh, no, just elephants. Elephants and and people. Pretty sure I saw a faces. kangaroo with a hammer oh, at one maybe, point. Maybe like, there you, you know, go. Probably. <laughs> There's a few of these animals. And one kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, wandering around. But it, it is mostly elephants and yes. these these faceless but very clearly black workers who are singing uh-huh. about the fact that they don't get paid much but they're okay because they like working honest work like setting up a circus tent in a storm like Yay. it's it, and, and then for me I, watching that i was like oh we we need to talk about this a lot more <laughs> oh, we, this this feels a lot more problematic to me. Oh, yeah there is there's so many elements to like like one like they're literally working with the animals. Yeah, yeah. Like, they they like, pile, pile out of a out of a uh, trailer on on the circus train. It clearly doesn't look yeah. like it's a it's a furnished uh, trailer. Mm. Yeah. One of the, one of the lyrics is that like along the lines of like we slave away. Like it it uses the word slave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then it's like, oh, when we get paid, we like blow it all away. Like yeah. we just Ooh, like yay. whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then yeah. um, near the end we is like, uh, like something about like lift something or like do something um, quickly. You hairy ape. Yeah. Oof. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, just the context alone was bad. Mm. And then you just like, let's keep getting racist. <laughs> Yeah, and it's—I mean, it, you know—it's not exactly uh, you know a sort of BuzzFeed hot take, Dumbo bit racist, but it was surprising even as someone that had seen the film. And Justin, yeah. I, I can attest to the fact that multiple times in this film you were vocally expressing surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes, oh. sometimes it was pleasurable. Sometimes it was, in this case, uh, just yeah. kind of you going, "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> <laughs> How did they think this was okay? I mean, it's you know the forties, but oh god. But yeah. I mean, th- th- but that is obviously yeah. a reflection of where yes, they the time. Where, yeah. where they were at, and it's it's not a question of it being excusable because what this is is um, I think it's interesting showing how this is the early days of feature length animation. We were saying before that obviously Dumbo is is quite short for a, for a feature film, but not many of your animated films were particularly long um, in the beginning. Um, they're generally running under 90 minutes. Um, and I also think that partly what we see in these sort of early days is this um, is this codification of what's acceptable and what's not. There's, you know, there's, there are those... Um, Disney cartoons and Warner Brothers cartoons where, you know, Bugs Bunny's in blackface or, um, you know, they're depicting, uh, there's, I think there's one of Daffy Duck having a physical fight with Hitler, you know, like things like that. And they're, they're the, they're the, or it might be Donald Duck. It's one of the ducks. Uh, but the point is, is you have these characters doing things that are obviously things that no company would be caught dead doing today because they are, it, it is now considered not acceptable. And I think it's, I think it's interesting looking at this film from today's perspective, uh, from, from a, you know, a 21st century perspective and being able to pick up that quite a few things in this film yeah. are pretty bad. Yeah. It's not even just the racist stuff. Um, the, the bullying of Dumbo, yeah. I think is, is really interesting. I did not feel 
uh, particularly when I watched this as a child, and obviously not going to clue into things as much, but I did not remember how bullied Dumbo was oh, by just... basically everyone. Yeah. His name is an ableist slur. Yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> well, like it's, not, it's not even his name, and everyone just adopted it for the yeah. entire film. Bring he... back Jumbo Jr. Yeah. And, you know, he's in a... the mouse. Like, his friend is like, come on, Dumbo. Yeah. Like, his name is Jumbo. But he's, he's mute. He can't explain, hey, you're, you're bullying me. That's not yeah. my name. And, yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, if you remove the animalistic elements, what this film is about is about. A single mother who... Because we never see Jumbo Senior. No. We, we, but we, there's in, there's in no fact, male there, elephants. There don't seem to be any male elephants in the circus. But she's Mrs. Jumbo. She's yes. clearly married and has taken on the Jumbo name. In the yes. same way as last week in 101 Dalmatians, the, the two parent dogs were collectively referred to as the Pongos, named after, obviously, Pongo, not Perdita. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... <laughs> the David just gave this amazing look of, oh, I can't believe those Dalmatians are so sexist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the um, yeah. So y- it's about a single mother who's got a child who has big ears. Now they are very big ears compared yeah. to you know the other elephants. But yeah, this it, it, this it's, one it's... seemingly innocuous feature, yeah. Uh, yeah, puts Dumbo in for a life of of ridicule and and rejection, which is. Yeah. yeah, and you've got these Golden Girl-style elephants all just bullying him and just making these <laughs> snarky comments about him the whole time. It's, as, I, as, as I mentioned while watching, it's really interesting to see a film that's trying to be about like accepting difference mm. to then just have so many awfully wrong like statements about difference and, and, and about people who are different. Mm. But I think in the case of the... The diff- specifically Dumbo's difference from everyone else in terms of the years. I feel as though the film goes out of its way to establish the fact that those characters who are bullying Dumbo are bad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I, yeah, because, I mean, you know, the because we see, you know, the elephants, they don't really redeem themselves. I know they're singing in the train at the end, but they don't really redeem themselves. Um, the, you know, none of the circus staff that beat Jumbo, uh, Mrs. Jumbo or... Or had a go at Dumbo. You know, the clowns aren't on that they dream all, train at the end. They all get their comeuppance from yeah. Dumbo. Which is, you know, once again, another interesting, like, codified decision to say, no, mm. turn about, fair play, they all get their comeuppance because they were mean Yeah, people. but the characters which made that effort, even characters that were always on Dumbo's side, like like his mother and like Timothy Q. Mouse, uh, and then also those characters that learnt, so the Jim Crow Crows, yeah. who start off going, you know, what? A, a flying elephant? This is ridiculous. Um, he said, making a very conscious decision not to do the voice and uh, <laughs> the those those jim crow characters after initially doing the bullying get a telling off from timothy q mouse going you know he's just a kid and you know he's been bullied and you you guys should know better than this and then they adjust their behaviors yeah. and obviously they're flying with him in formation at the end when he's doing his big happy song at the end um yeah i think it's it's definitely it, it's a really interesting film about bullying yeah. Um, but at the same time, because it's coming from this experimental animation time period, it just feels like it takes a few left turns that you're not expecting. And yeah, <laughs> I kind of love that a little bit. Like, it's not the sort of thing I would normally typically go, yes, I really enjoyed this. But it was fun. It was it mm. was certainly interesting. It was it was much more interesting than I expected from 60 minutes of animation. Like, I, I certainly never felt bored there was yeah. always something that was challenging you or, the, or that was interesting or, mm. or that was yeah drawing your focus and there's the the art style the art style is like very distinctly different from like modern art like yeah um, like the map of the u.s yeah from above and it's like florida and and the train that like isn't a character but anthropomorphic yeah the, yeah. Ca- um, the casey jones train <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah which was originally oh sorry casey jr uh, casey jones is an entirely different train uh-huh. program uh yeah uh was originally a bit more of a character in the film and they mm. cut it down but yeah having this anthropomorphic train that you know is there going chugga chugga think i can i think i can and, and doing all those bits which the, then obviously kind of disappears for most of the rest of the film um it, it is interesting and the thing that uh, during the film, I noticed that it, it it had the classic old style sort of big oval Disney eyes, which were in those early films uh, on a lot of the characters. And I think the fact that they were making 
items like trains, which aren't technically alive, but giving them physical style movements is something that is obviously very much still from those early sort of steamboat willy days where everything had that sort of interesting yeah, uh, elongated step um and i almost think it's a shame they don't do that as much anymore like mm. it's but but then again it, it does feel sort of time appropriate um it could be why something like the video game cuphead has been quite successful because it, it evoked stylistically that time period yeah, and did yeah. something interesting with that. But yeah, it did make me go, oh, I mean, I like Aladdin, but would I like Aladdin more if the carpet walked <laughs> like it was doing a little <laughs> dance the whole time? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, dear. David. Yes. The character of Timothy Q. Mouse. What about him? Well, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not he is a character that we should necessarily enjoy or not, or, or should be siding with. He, he is Dumbo's only friend for a lot of the film. But I feel as though uh, he feels like um, he's, he's very misguided. Uh-huh. He uh, he seems to like. I mean, he starts off being like, "Oh, there's there's mean old elephants," um, but then he also has like a, a vague sense of control over Dumbo. Like hmm. he's just like, "Ah, oh, okay, there's this like poor kid. He still has value though. Like hmm. he has the whole like." top hat and whatnot and he wants to have a sense of like i can run a show mm. and so he comes up with a good idea on how to use dumbo in the circus yeah and and then like the end becomes it's, his manager it, like inception's the the ringmaster <clears throat> yeah that was amazing yeah when, so, it, when he accidentally invented inception like 70 yeah. years before the film uh, so he is like the nicest to dumbo outside of dumbo's mother mm. but his motives aren't exactly very pure to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but then, like, him defending Dumbo from the crows, like, mm. I feel as if, like, that he he does enough genuinely caring about Dumbo to over, yeah. overcome the fact that he is a little lecherous. Yeah, I think the fact that he is with Dumbo in that final stunt where they're in the ridiculously tall burning house in the in the tent and he's with him the whole way even when he's falling when he's dropped the magic feather he's still there that entire he didn't really have a choice at that point but he still stays (laughs) with him that entire time during this like big climactic thing i think you are right that ultimately he Mm. sort of earns his place in the film but i do think it's interesting that for him the only way dumbo is going to achieve anything is through the circus not that the circus is the problem yeah, hmm. yeah, that's, it's, that's an interesting. Uh, it's 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 a little bit of a, I suppose, of the time. Like you can't, you don't don't run away from from the society. Like you use the society to your advantage. But I, don't know, I mean, like there's there's a lesson of some sorts in that. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like yeah, um, <clears throat> he is. I mean, they're all none of them to us. Were like oh, some circuses are bad to animals. Um, and you see that in the circus, but I don't think the cultural thing at the time was like circuses are bad. Like circuses are fun. So yeah, of course they're just, like, this is this is a circus. This is yeah. what circuses do. They whip animals. Yeah. And the chain moral them up. the moral isn't to like let's work our way out of the confines of this oppressive system so much. Yeah. As but like, I don't. The system's fine. How can we succeed in it? <laughs> I, I don't think the film was generally making that point though. I think Timothy Q. Mouse definitely had a you know little mouse his little mouse heart set on becoming a ringmaster. Yeah. But but the I don't think the film in general is very positive on circuses. It's like the clowns are not a positive depiction of people. They're shown as being very idiotic and silly, and you know, like oh, we're going to hit the boss up for a raise and things like that. Um, the the animals are shown to be just kind of like parent-child relationships really you know little hippos sleeping impossibly in pools of water and that kind of thing and you know the when, when the storks come in and deliver the babies that's shown as being like, like a sort of storks. yeah that sort of caring <laughs> nurturing side of things um but that that sort of society around the circus like the people that come to the circus those kids that look like the kids from pinocchio who start bullying dumbo immediately to the point where mrs jumbo rightfully applies martial punishment onto the backside of one and just hangs him over a rope and spanks his bum until the um, the rest of the circus workers sort of chain her up. Um, yeah, it's. I don't think this film... I don't think circuses come out of this is film there, in is, a good way at all. There, is, is there a bit of a window into the American consciousness, though? That whole, like, re- retribution, eye for an eye type stuff, like, mm. you did something wrong, you deserve to be punished, kind of. It's very, it's very interesting, and it, it doesn't really feel like... Like sure that there's there's some negative depiction of the circus, but there's never a question of 
like should this circus still be a thing there's not not a question mm. of like yeah. and 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 Dumbo is still with the circus at the end like they don't say That's leave, true. they don't say leave the circus so like i th- i think maybe that they're using devices within the circus to create the challenges for Dumbo but there never really seems to be like a like a discerning eye of look at all these problems with the circus so yeah, it's, okay. it's, the, 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 yeah the concept of the circus as an idea isn't bad it's just that the ringmaster is a dickhead <laughs> yeah. and the clowns are also dickheads and you can t- you can tell he's a dickhead because his little chest thing kept coming up on his shirt little also ch- used in Peter Pan yeah it just <laughs> kept coming up and slapping him in the face yeah. <laughs> you can always tell someone's a baddie in a Disney film <laughs> if their clothes attack them um, um, we we actually yeah we didn't really cover the storks we we sort of skipped over them in the beginning yes, um, but uh, it was yeah interesting like we had yeah uh, trainee stork in his in his clothes who who was just different from all the rest and gave a big ceremony whereas all the other storks just mm. dumped the babies is like she paid for a special yeah. service <laughs> yeah. like uh, like he has a whole song and the rest are like oh fling this hippo into yeah, the been... into the water in the in the <laughs> night like whatever yeah uh, i think it's i think it's uh, it, it's kind of a fun way of introducing that relationship but also when when um, to to reveal a little bit of uh, behind the scenes work, uh, when I was asking for people who had or hadn't seen uh, Dumbo, one of our regular guests said, "I have seen the film, but please don't make me watch it because <laughs> Dumbo always makes me cry." And I think Aww. they do a really good job of setting up that emotional pull at the beginning when you've got Mrs. Jumbo looking at all these storks coming down and reaching for them, and then realizing that they're not hers, they're not for her, yeah. and you think that she's not going to get to have a baby until the trainee turns up a few minutes late and i was watching that and i had a little feeling of oh no that's that's the really sad thing it's that relationship between mother and child um i would would say there's that there's a little bit of daring in this film or or maybe it's just that that this is the sort of stuff that you'd put on that people are too afraid to put on anymore but like having these characters treating Dumbo so awfully, like creating that real isolation. Mm. That's something that I feel like films don't dare to do anymore or stories don't dare to do. But like th- those are things that happen to children. And you know, th- these are things that happen, you know, to, to people. And it's, and it's interesting. Like, and I, I really felt for Dumbo in those moments yeah. where he's, you know, j- and, and where, where, you know, through, through no fault, you know, through a, a little accident, he brings down the entire bloody circus and, and gets blamed for it all. Like that's awful. That's an awful thing to happen to somebody who's already feeling ostracized. Mm. Like I, I, I felt like physically, you know, distressed by that. Yeah, and I think the baby mind sequence as well is the thing that sets off a lot of people when you've got this. Um, you've got Mrs. Jumbo who is imprisoned and she can't really see Dumbo, but can reach the trunk out and give him a little cradle yeah. and, and things like that. It's, it is sad. It's um, like and like it's. There are some moving moments in this film. Yeah, and I think of the early Disney films, it's one of the ones that I think does hit those emotional heartstrings a bit more. Like, mm. I, I know a lot of people would say, uh, "I think you're forgetting about Bambi's mum, Stephen," uh, and that oh. that that I think is the other big one from yeah. that time period. But I don't think you get moments like that in Snow White. And I don't sl- think and Sleeping Beauty and yeah, and no, I don't even think Fantasia, really uh, yeah. which you know, yeah, you don't get those bigger visceral emotional moments, or at least I don't think I felt them, except for this this film with Dumbo's mum and with with Bambi's mum. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. We've got to get on to the pink elephants on parade. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about drugs. <laughs> yes. yes, so yeah. for some reason drugs. Just saying no. Uh, Just yeah. <laughs> so Disney it seems had this pink elephant sequence Sitting in the backlog, somebody. Oh, we did too much for Fantasia. What are we going to (laughs) do? How do we (laughs) fit this into the film? What if Dumbo drops acid through champagne? (laughs) I mean, yeah, because the the, the Uh, implication is that Dumbo got drunk, but the visual evidence is that green, throffing water. Like, I've seen uh, champagne and water mix, uh it doesn't turn into something that will poison an apple and Uh kill Snow White. And that's what this was. And let's. Yeah, that whole sequence. First off, yeah, yeah, that is the best animated sequence in the whole film. Mm. I like, mean, <laughs> like it's clever. Re- yeah, they really went all out. I mean, like, look at all these colors and these cool things are doing, and then that you're like, oh, nice, but also, what, what the, what is, mm. ha- yeah, what is the, happening? My, my, my comment during the thing was how in the world do we get back from this? Because yeah. it just went on. It was just. 
this crazy flowing sequence of pink elephants on parade and I, I, I couldn't imagine how this fitted into the plot or how we then returned to the story. It just... And it got scarier. Yeah. yeah. There, was, there, there, was, there was an elephant made out of elephant heads. It was terrifying. <laughs> and the bottom, elephants bottom, like bottom. flashing their bones I just like <sighs> to the beat. I, don't... <laughs> I, I always found the two elephants that kind of like are different patterns and then they cross through each other, but then they merge. So they're like stuck together like an elephant version of cat dog. Oh. That, that is just, <laughs> for me, that, that was the one as a kid that I was always like, oh, oh. But, God. but yeah. I loved watching it this time. It is a stunning sequence of animation. It, it re- when those two sort of outlined elephants are sort of ballroom dancing with each other, it's beautiful. It's really well put together, but it is scary as well. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Is it like is this like oh we gotta we gotta warn kids about the dangers of of the marijuana very quickly? <laughs> like it 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 doesn't Don't... feel like there was any like warning. This is a problem. It was just like uh... Dumbo got drunk. <laughs> this is you what can, you can enjoy hallucinations with champagne. It, it, yeah, it could be that given that obviously this was being made in the late 30s, I think maybe there were a few teetotalers who'd um, just not had a drink since Prohibition finished <laughs> and just didn't know how being drunk worked. Uh, <laughs> they were like, well, geez. I've dropped acid. I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking's probably the same. Oh, man. Yeah, it was... Um, boy, what a thrilling scene. It's, it's, it's also interesting how much this is has, like... Uh, has gotten into like mainstream culture because like I, I was commenting that I'd seen pink elephants brought up as hallucinations in lots of other you know cartoons and and TV shows and I mean most notably Simpsons was the one that I mentioned but yeah mm. it's quite interesting how how much of an impact this strange sequence has had mm. Mm. and of course the the film itself is is resolved because Dumbo he can fly. Uh, which is yeah, kind of a bit of... I mean, we, we, we discussed it before. It feels like it really turns up quite late in the film. Yeah. Um, and then and wraps up all of a sudden. Bam. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how much did you know? Of, like, you said you knew bits and pieces of the film. Yeah. How much did you know from the film that happens before the acid trip? Like, barely anything, to be quite honest. I told Every- you. Everything was a surprise. I had no idea what it was until we, we get to the crows and I'm like, right, this is this is the part that I do know about. Yeah, yeah the, la- the most iconic uh, moment is from when he wakes up with the hangover. <laughs> to be honest, it, it's Baby Mine onwards because everyone goes, Baby Mine, because it's a big emotional song, straight into getting drunk, yeah. <laughs> straight into the crow scene, straight into flying, end of the film. Yeah. So just cut it there, tight 20-minute film. That's all you need, Disney. Yeah. And then somehow Danny DeVito will be there in the new one. <laughs> well, that's just it, because the film hasn't, uh, hasn't yet been released at the time of recording. I would like to know, and um, we'll start with you, David. What do you th- how do you think they're going to tell this story, considering, of course, the fact they've got a lot more human actors, uh, human characters within the actual uh, film? Um, I think they're going to do it with the mouse. I mean, this is all, this is all an assumption, because I haven't actually read anything about it. And so maybe... maybe the mouse is still there. I have no idea. I've I've seen the trailer once, um, but isn't there isn't there children? There's children instead of the mouse. Yeah, yes. children instead of the mouse, uh-huh. and this is this is them being like oh, and, uh, and then I think Colin maybe, Farrell as well. I think I think is like linked to Dumbo. Yeah, like someone's like he's gonna fly way earlier on, and then the ringmaster or whatever is like, we can exploit this, <laughs> and the children are like, we've learned to value the animal for its personality. Um, <laughs> and they still speak like a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They have to keep some, they have to keep some of the elements. <laughs> We're legally allowed to talk like this because it's Disney. Well, hey. <laughs> Um, I've actually just found the synopsis for the 2019 uh, film. So if you're not wanting spoilers for the remake of Dumbo, uh, then by all means, uh, just just, uh, turn it down for the next 30 seconds. This is the one paragraph synopsis. Circus owner Max Medici enlists Holt Farrier to care for a newborn elephant whose oversized ears make him a laughingstock at an already struggling circus. But when Holt's children discover that Dumbo can fly, persuasive entrepreneur V.A. Vanderveer and an aerial artist named Colette Mar- Marchant swoop in to make the peculiar pachyderm a star. 
Ah, so, so they're, they're dealing try... with the last minute of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so they, so I assume that the the aerial artist is going to try and steal Dumbo away, maybe. Well, uh, I, f- da- I feel like Danny DeVito is going to be a very comic villain. Danny DeVito is Medici. He's the owner of the circus. Ah. Yeah. The Van der Meer character is Michael Keaton. Yes. Ah. It's Batman and Penguin back together. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we always ah. wanted. Um. So yeah, should be. Should be very interesting uh, to see how it goes. Um, would you guys like some trivia about Dumbo? Bring it on. Yes, please. Okay. Tell us all about the Pink Elephant scene. Was it propaganda for something? <laughs> it feels like propaganda for something. <laughs> uh, initially, Walt Disney was uninterested in making this film. To get him interested, Story Men, which is how they're referred to in the trivia section, uh, the Story Men, Joe Grant and Dick Humor. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> It's spelled H-U-E-M-E-R. I'm presuming it's pronounced humor. Fantastic name. What's your name? Dick Humor. (laughs) Oh, you missed the trick as a comedian, man. (laughs) What what, what else are you called? Oh, well, my synonym name is Penis Giggles. (laughs) He's really into fart jokes. (laughs) To get Walt interested, Joe and Dick... Uh, wrote up the film as installments, which they then left on Walt's desk every morning. Walt eventually ran into the story department going, what happens next? So they, they teased him An with little acid snippets. trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was probably the, the acid trip. He probably read that, ran in and went, Where, how do we get back to the story from here? <laughs> no, but imagine if that was like a segment oh, they were writing God. for something else and just got shuffled in and like, oh. yep, yes, Walt. We meant that. That's good. Yep. That's some classic dick humor, boys. (laughs) Cells for this film are the rarest in the industry. The animators, after the scene was safely in the can, would spread U cells in the corridor and go sliding on them. Oh, Lord. (laughs) What? Uh, In addition, the grey paint that was used for the elephant skins would pop when the cell was flexed. So many of the cells were just... It was hard to keep them in general anyway because the grey paint didn't hold. I just like the idea of, well, it's safely in the can. What do we do with these? (laughs) Corridor sliding? (laughs) Yep. Another great idea from Dick Humor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Disney had... Maybe still has had this thing, right? Where if you were to be an animator or draw with them, um, you had to sign over copyright to like a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. they would basically like everything you drew, they would you, have. You, you don't own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you would be working really hard to create lots of classic Disney content. But because, you know, they're all adults and they're good at drawing, eventually someone decided to draw some adult content. Ha! Which. Disney legally obtained and then stored in a vault because <laughs> they're like, oh, we can't let this get out. And so a bunch of filthy animators have created a lot of Disney porn, which Disney has got access to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, you know. Mm. Who knows what like goes down in those Disney animation studios? They're just yeah. sliding along, and like whatever. We're responsible. We're adults. <laughs> <laughs> it Go is make some Disney porn. <laughs> it is very difficult uh, in the one minute that I've had since David uh, started telling that story because I, I have heard about the Disney porn vault to look up and see if it's official. It's one of those sort of urban rumor things uh-huh. where because there's nothing <laughs> official, people are like, "Well, it must be true." Um, yeah, it does. Is it- there's nothing online which there's nothing from Disney saying we have a vault of porn <laughs> but there's a lot of essentially what you call hearsay evidence of like people who've spoken to Disney animators who've gone yeah look we I, I think it's a fair assumption to make because like, obviously you know characters like Tinkerbell were drawn based on sort of the uh, glamorous sexy ladies of the of the magazines that were being drawn at the time it makes sense that someone a little bit you know bored with a pencil might go just gonna just gonna keep drawing here and uh, <laughs> yeah the the disney porn vault uh i think uh to to add in an official disclaimer we don't know if it's real or not uh if the walt disney corporation would care to clarify <laughs> that would be lovely i mean logistically wouldn't you just burn it you would think so <sighs> or maybe walt, walt disney just, yeah. himself <laughs> it's like interesting uh, i'll take this yeah. 
<laughs> Never for speak of this again. <laughs> for copyright reasons. <laughs> While trying to comfort Dumbo, uh, Timothy Q. Mouse says, Lots of people with big ears are famous. According to the animation historian John Canemaker, uh, on the 2001 DVD release of this film, uh, the line is reference... Sorry, the line is referencing Clark Gable, uh, actor of the time who famously had quite big ears. This line was also featured in the original theatrical trailer. So, yeah, apparently that was a little Clark Gable jab they were doing. Yeah, for For what he's Clark Gable fans. Yeah. A very tightly budgeted, scripted, and produced film. Um, Dumbo was made this way because Disney needed it to bring in a lot of revenue. Uh, they'd had some pretty expensive failures. Uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia didn't make that much money. I know Pinocchio in particular is seen as being a, a classic um, these days, but but it did not do well financially. So they, it was partly just because the production costs were so big for making those films. Uh, the final negative cost of Dumbo was $813,000. Uh, it is the least expensive of all of Disney's animated features, and it grossed just over $2.5 million during its original release, which was more than the original grosses of both Pinocchio and Fantasia combined. So the mm, film did well. Yeah. The film was, was a commercial success. But it's interesting because we had this same thing come up with 101 Dalmatians last week. The late 50s was not a good period for Disney cost-wise as well. Um, Sleeping Beauty was a financial flop. Um, and so they cut back on the budget and um, for, for 101 Dalmatians, and that led to some creative issues between uh, Walt and some of the animators. But, you know, it, it it is weird thinking about it now when, you know, we get news stories of, oh, Disney's just bought uh, Marvel, or Disney's just bought, you know, the rights to the moon. So, you know, it's these things where... <laughs> they were struggling for money... Mm. But they had the time and the money to create the pink elephant sequence. I don't... Well, I mean, I guess they were just like, sure, throw it in. Let's see, let's see if people like it. Because it was still a big experimental experiment. It was a big experiment. It, Animated it really feature films. It feels like it was something that got thing. left out of Fantasia. Like, more, mm. more and more, it sounds like it was something they just had sitting on the cutting room floor. We need another five, ten minutes. Throw it in there. During production, there was a long and bitter animator strike in which half of the studio staff walked out. Some of the strikers are caricatured as the clowns in this film, who are the ones that are going to hit the boss for a raise. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's brave, Disney. <laughs> Just kind of going, uh, mm, let's draw him and put him in. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was thinking that when, when you have all the clowns in shadow... And, like, they'd been all fairly generic, and then they all come together to talk about going to the boss. And there's some very distinct different faces in that little section mm. where they've clearly made a choice to, to caricature some particular animators. So that's interesting. Mm. I mean, there are, speaking of, like, cutting costs, though, like, there are a lot of featureless elements to this. Like, a lot of the crowds don't really have many feature, facial this, features mm. not, not just the black people that are no, like no, no, but completely like, featureless yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in a creepy way uh-huh. um, clearly the least important element in the animator's mind um, but yeah there's like the silhouettes and like crowds and whatnot, and like there is just a lot of detail lacking in some elements yeah so mm. the, the, um, so like time saving s- yeah so like slight Excuse? I mean, not an excuse, but slight excuse for faceless people. Who knows? Oh, no. The, 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 <laughs> the, the setting up the tent scene is still <laughs> racist. Even, oh, even if the oh, black no people kidding. had faces. But, yeah. mm. uh, there's reasons. It's still racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was the first Walt Disney animated classic to be released on video cassette. Uh, it was first released on video in 1981, originally only for rental, but then eventually put on sale the following year. It has then been repackaged and released either as VHS's DVDs or Blu-rays in 1985, 1989, 1994, 2001, 2006, 2011, and 2016. So kind of a because it's just never they've never stopped making it for I'd, I'd love years. to know what the advances in VHS technology were in the 80s that made them go we must re-release this to be honest they probably just went we just need more <laughs> <laughs> people, people are buying it you know they're, they're uh... really enjoying it there was a direct sequel 
uh, for this film that was planned, a direct-to-video DVD sequel called Dumbo 2 that was announced in the early 2000s. Oh, no. The story was to be about Dumbo and a group of young circus animals getting separated from the WDP circus and trying to find their way back home. This proposed idea appeared to have been cancelled with no more than storyboards and animated drawing sheets being made for the pre-production period. So they were looking at doing one of those sort of classic 90s Disney sequels. So it's a long time after the original film to go, maybe we need a sequel of Dumbo. Ah, Fun fact, right? Disney actually holds the uh, record for longest time in between movies for sequels um, with Bambi from 1942 and then Bambi 2 in 2006, which is 63 and a half years Mm. Um, because (laughs) Disney, for some reason, went through a phase of having direct-to-DVD or VHS sequels to a bunch of classic films. And even, there, there, yeah. there was a little period there, probably, though, where, like, parents just needed something for their kids to watch. We need another Disney film. They've watched them all. Let's get mm. another VHS out there. Like, they didn't need to put it through the cinema. They were making money. So. Yeah, there, there is a, um, <laughs> a sequel in the sense that it is a second film to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Set in a small period of time within the original film. So the Beast is still a beast. Because you can't have you can't have human beast walking around because he's weird looking. And he no, has no. a name. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's too much trouble. <laughs> they've done it with a few different things. Uh, there was obviously a big gap between the two Cinderellas. I think they've done three Cinderellas. Oh, I have no something idea. like that. And of course, Mary Poppins. Oh. Uh, with uh, Mary Poppins Returns. That's, That's right, obviously yeah. a fair whack of time as well. But yeah. I mean, with Mary Poppins, at least you've got the books that give you a lead into mm. stories that you could write. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. After his mother is taken away, Dumbo is seen standing on his own, swaying sadly from side to side. This is actually an accurate depiction of what elephants do when they are emotionally distraught. Aww. Wow. Mm. No wonder we felt such heavy things. Yeah. I also noticed that the larger elephants were doing it a bit once they were recovering from their injuries. Can I just say, there's something really funny, not about an elephant being injured, but about an elephant having its trunk in a sling. <laughs> that, that one elephant who had her trunk in a sling and then went to move it and then went, Ah! <laughs> That made me laugh quite a lot. It was just like, uh, there's something very yeah. pleasing about um, about seeing cartoon animals doing very particular things that only humans do. And in this case, it was like having the big ice block on the head or the... There was some interesting yeah, yeah. pillows on, strapped to a buttocks as, yeah. as, as a means of recovery was quite interesting. The, uh, the tail... In a, in, a, in a cast <laughs> Weird, yeah Yeah, it was it was fun And look, Dumbo uh, was a really interesting film And we've got to score it, guys uh, we got to do it So it's Justin, time. you get to go first What would you give Dumbo out of ten? It's really tough Because there were so many distractions to the story Like, it, it feels like there's a really good nugget of something in there That just cannot be given freedom in our 2019 context where there are so many problems with this film Mm. um i will give it and i'm quite surprised six out of ten pink elephants on parade all right uh david you now get to go next what would you give dumbo out of ten it's like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer but elephant and with an acid trip and then racism Mm. Um, which is a strange combination. So, like, on one part, yes, it's fun and interesting, but on the other hand, racism. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, you know, ruins my enjoyment of films. It does. If I, if I, I must be honest. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, I'm going to give it six... Um, what was in that champagne bottle? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Out of ten. Uh. Yeah, I think it's... It is definitely a film which is hampered by issues of the time, um, particularly based on... And look, some people be listening to this going, I don't care about racism. It's just a fun kids film. And you know what? Carry on living your life, but maybe just consider a few things here and there. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, we're not here to tell you how to live your life. But for me personally, and I think for both of you as well, some of the issues with the way that they depict um, race in particular in this film are are problematic. And they are things that, um, I mean, I don't have any children. You have a child who... Uh, didn't really stick around for Dumbo. She was uh, no. she, she wasn't as interested as 
when she watched Pan's Labyrinth with us. Uh, <laughs> She's got a much uh, much more matured yeah. taste in film than we yeah. expected. Um, but it's the sort of film that I feel as though if I was to be watching this with a with a child of mine, or you know, I don't know if I adopted or something. Um, if 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 I had if if I'd watched this film, I do feel as though there would be a part of me wanting to try and explain why certain things aren't correct. I feel I feel like I would have a problem showing this to my child until she was old enough to be explained to. Yeah. Like it's there's there's too much stuff that can just be kind of ingested from mm. from the the things that it's saying. That, but that at the same problematic. time, now I think about it, I, I watched this film a lot as a child. Um, I have very strong memories of watching this at one of my grandmother's houses, and I would have been about five, six, seven when I watched this, and I got through that film, and at no point did I go. Ah, oh, black people are funny. You know, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't there going, oh, that's the... Yeah. And likewise, I wasn't sitting there going, oh my God, it's a harmful caricature that I don't have any context for. So I'm freaking out about this now. I just saw a film about an elephant that learned to fly. And the thing Ooh. that probably had the biggest impact on me was the pink elephants on parade sequence. So yeah. there is there is that capacity to get too caught up in these things. But I think having yeah. that awareness is very important to go, to be able to watch something and go, Okay, I see why we don't do this anymore. Maybe we should all watch classic Disney as a child and then never again. <laughs> because I'm sure I enjoyed it as a small child, but then coming back to an adult and being like, what? Whoa! Yeah. None of, no. <laughs> That's not okay. That's not okay. Peter Pan is... Oh, very what? evil like yeah. that's a whole thing like yeah, there's so much to classic disney we will like, get what? to Peter pan one day oh, that yes. is going to be uh that is going to be a fun time but until then uh, i need to give this film a score so i'm i'm kind of on the same ballpark as you guys i'm going to give it six magic feathers out of ten um which or... didn't play a huge part in this film which i was surprised at no it may, to be honest it may end up playing a bunch bigger part in the remake, which is uh, coming out in a couple of days' time after this episode drops. And, uh, yeah, the reason that we watched this film today is because yeah, there's a little connection there. If you have thoughts on this original film, or indeed the uh, 78 Years Later remake, uh, if you've got any thoughts you want to share with us, you can do so by finding us on Facebook. You can just go there, find the Cinema Catch-Up Club, and leave a comment and go, ooh, I like they did this, or mm, not sure about the... Danny DeVito dancing in the pink elephants on parade sequence in this film, <laughs> wearing a pink leotard. Not sure about that. Whatever it is, leave your comments there and let us know. Uh, we're also available to be listened to each and every week. Uh, the best way to do uh, that is to subscribe to us. Just go to iTunes or SoundCloud or other podcasting or podcatching services and just click subscribe and you'll get a fresh episode every week and then of course there is our patreon uh, if you would like to become an official member of the club and get a few bonus extras say some things i've had to cut out because david said them and then asked me to remove them <laughs> maybe they might be there uh, if you just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and uh, become a member get some bonus features uh but all saucy disney content <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but for um for all that remains to me to say is uh, Justin and David, thank you very much for watching Dumbo with me. You're very oh, welcome. You're welcome. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. We'll be back next week uh, with yet another exciting film. It's The Matrix. It's oh, a real yes. gear shift. <laughs> so get uh, ready for that. Still a lot of mucking around in the head. Mm. Oh, that's, a, that's still like altered reality, altered uh-huh. consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But until next time, goodbye. <laughs> You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.